with the 20th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast, presented by AAA. Every athlete has a journey. Focus on the game. Let us worry about getting you there. Auto repair, roadside assistance, and auto insurance. Start your journey at AAA.com. Finish your journey. As I was going to say, right. you know, your journey may just be beginning. Warm weather, spring is in the air, school's going to be out in another month or so, you're planning your road trips, AAA will get you there, but here on the Journey to Draft podcast presented by AAA, our journey's coming to an end. We've arrived at our final destination. Yes, we have. It's been an outstanding ride here. It's very sad. But the 2015 NFL Draft is in the books. I'm Chris McPherson, joined alongside Bo Wolf, who did a phenomenal job all weekend long in Eagles Draft Central, breaking down the tape with Greg Cosell, providing astute analysis, delving oh, thank into graphics. Tossing up the uh, the uh, softballs to the man who does provide the analysis. The Watch, man who watches the tape. The and there we go. And, yes. and talks to coaches. And alongside also Fran Duffy, the man behind the scenes, did a phenomenal job producing Eagles Draft Central all weekend long. Thank you, Chris. The segments. Outstanding coverage, top to bottom. Bottom Can't, to top. Bottom to top. Can't say enough good things. You gave the fans what they wanted. Thank you. And a special thanks to the people behind the scenes, Brian Thomas, producing the podcast. Also, shout out to Melissa Kelly, Chris Barletto. The voice. The voice of the bumpers for the Journey Trap Podcast. Presented by AAA. So what we're going to do today, it's our recap show. We're going to look at the Eagles' six picks in depth. We're going to also take a quick look at the undrafted free agents and also look around the NFC East to see how the team's Eagles will play in 2015, how they performed yeah. in the NFL draft. So this is certainly a draft for the defense. Aguilar, obviously the topic, number 20, but after that, all five of the remaining selections used on the defense, especially in the secondary. A position group, include corner and safety, has been totally overhauled this offseason. You let go of the likes of Kerry Williams, Bradley Fletcher, Nate Allen, signs elsewhere, and now you've brought in Byron Maxwell, Walter Thurman. You've used these high draft picks across the board. Definitely an area of emphasis for the Eagles this offseason, a position group that they knew that needed to be improved and one that they wanted to get younger at. More importantly, what do you guys think about the secondary being addressed heavily, not just this offseason overall, but in the draft in particular? Well, listen, uh, you know, I think if you talk to Eagles fans during the season last year, this is what they would have wanted. They would have wanted a brand new secondary save for Malcolm Jenkins, and that's basically what they're getting. Uh, and the Eagles led the league last year in giving up plays over 20 yards and over 40 yards. Uh, they were sort of uh, really, you could make a case, the, the weak link of the Eagles team last year. And so Chip Kelly recognized that and uh, did all he could this offseason in charge of personnel to, to overhaul it. Obviously, we know about Maxwell, uh, Thurmond, and EJ Biggers brought in to compete. Yes. Uh, listen, we love Eric Rowe. Uh, I thought he no was question. a possibility in the first round if the Eagles moved back a couple spots. He was a possibility. And, even, the yeah, right, and, yes. and Chip Kelly acknowledged that. And, and even at 20, I thought uh, if all of their guys ahead of him were gone, that, that Rowe would have been the guy over Byron Jones, I thought. Uh, and who knows if that would have been the case. But uh, you know, coming out of the draft with Rowe is great, I think. I think he'll be able to compete to start right away at cornerback on the outside. Um, and then you take you take two lottery tickets in the sixth round, guys who who fit what the Eagles want to do. Maybe one of them works out. Maybe they'll be good special teamers, and and you add to the uh, the group competing there, and and obviously makes a lot of sense. I, I like I like what they did there. Yeah, and you know you look at a guy like Jacory Shepard. Obviously, we've talked you know extensively about Eric Rowe throughout the spring, right? Uh, in winter, we both like him. All three of us like him uh, and his versatility, his length. His he physicality. was the first player when we were watching guys for the Senior Bowl, who I remember being like, oh, okay, I like this guy. Yeah. Like, 
Just, yeah. just the first guy who sort of like made made something click. Your in interest. My, yeah. yeah, no question. I, you know, just the way that he plays. I mean, Eagles fans are going to really, really like him. You know, once you see him on the field. Um, but look, I mean, you look in the sixth round at Ja'Cory Shepard, uh, a guy that uh, it's funny. Me and C-Mac were talking about it after the draft. Uh, I listed Ja'Cory Shepard as an off-corner in my Eagle Eye piece, and that was because of his athleticism. That was how he was used, you know, a lot of the time at Kansas. But obviously, you know, and I acknowledged it in the piece that he's got the ability to play in a press scheme like what the Eagles do because of his size, because of his length. Uh, he's able to disrupt early at the line of scrimmage, but he's got really good athleticism. He's re- got really fluid hips. You could see it in the segment we did, uh, the film breakdown that you did with Greg Cosell uh, on draft day, where you can see him line up and off coverage and just the, the ease and movement, uh, you know, as he tar- turns and was able to run with receivers. Uh, Running with Philip Dorsett down the field. Yeah, yeah, no question. And, you know, and so... Uh, it's a shame he got hurt, you know, on the first day of the draft, but probably helped us. It helped us. It worked, yeah. it worked in the Eagles' favor because they got a really good player. In the and he ended round. up running a slower forty time, I think four six five, because he had that hamstring Still going on. Still nursing it. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's good. I think I broke the Jacory Shepard story a couple mu- uh, about a month ago when uh, I went into the bathroom upstairs and, and passed a guy with a Kansas jacket uh, walking <laughs> out, and I told I told him like I think Jacory Shepard's here. <laughs> so that's whether well, he's limping or not. I'll take uh, first. Uh, you know, as first reported by there you go. go on that. As first reported by Bo Wolf on the Journey to Draft podcast, or actually in the cubicle yeah. of the Novacare complex. What did you guys think of the dynamic of Chip Kelly and Ed Manowitz working together for the first time? I think the biggest surprise for me was that they end up with just six picks because we debated whether they would go for fewer or for more. And to me, I like how they worked the board because of the fact they took their best player available at number 20, and they realized that Rowe was just too good of a value to be there in that middle of the second round that they were willing to give up those fifth-round picks and to be able to move up and get them. I, I thought they did a good job of maneuvering and sticking to their board. What did you guys think of the dynamic of those two working together, leading the draft for the first time? Uh, it comes down to five letters. BPAFU. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it worked across. Everyone, you know, a lot of the people, it's... It, I guess people are looking for something to complain about, but a lot of people are complaining about, oh, there's no offensive lineman in the draft class. Uh, well, I don't think it's an unreasonable thing to complain about, but go ahead. I, I think, look, if the, would you have rather they had reached for a lineman that would you rather as high, right? That they weren't as of high on, as opposed to a DB that they may have thought was a you know a third or fourth round value, uh, you know, in the sixth round. So, um, you know, it, I think ideally, sure, would they have liked to have a lineman? I, absolutely, but I'm not going to you know shed tears over it. I think that. Uh, they did a really good job in terms of finding the best players at where they were selecting at, and they were good fits for the team. So it's a good group. Yeah, it's not like it's not like if the Eagles had forced an offensive lineman into one of the sixth round picks or the seventh round picks, we'd all be like, okay, great, this guy's going to come in and start at right guard or something like that. Um, the, you know, the third round pick of Jordan Hicks is the one where it's a position not necessarily of need, but that's you know that's what we want. You want them to take the guy who is the highest on their board, regardless of position. Uh, I think what we sort of learned is that wide receiver was uh, more of a focus for the Eagles than, than maybe we would have thought. We thought maybe they'd go something like uh, secondary offensive line in some combination in the first two rounds, then take a, a wide receiver in the third round, a guy like Chris Conley. But, uh, yeah, Fran likes that. But, uh, but <laughs> and I where did Chris Conley go, by the way? Yeah, yeah, he was the third round. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think Chip Kelly, you know, with Jeremy Macklin gone, recognized that the Eagles did need somebody to come in and, and make a difference uh, at the wide receiver position. Some people thought maybe, uh, you know, Chip Kelly is devaluing wide receivers. He's going to just go with uh, the runner, the running backs and tight ends. But, you know, I don't think that, that Riley Cooper, was a, as a starting receiver, was good enough last year. 
uh, and I think that there's going to be real competition there. I think there's a good chance you see something like, you know, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, and Josh Huff as your as your top three receivers. I sort of hope that's what it is, but we'll see what happens. Riley Cooper obviously brings something to the table. Glad that we're not talking about Mariota anymore. Yeah, well, I'm sure that well, would have been sure nice, that, you know, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure that's going to bleed into it a little bit longer. I'm sure until he. Everyone said that, oh, I'll believe it until he starts a game or uh, until he gets drafted. Now it's going to be, I'll believe it until he starts a game for Tennessee. What are the Titans doing? I don't know. That's a good question. They draft a fullback and they in the fourth another, round. And they brought another one in an undrafted free agency. Like they're going to just, they're going to just going to make, they're going to try to fit a square peg into a round hole by making Marcus Mariota just a Ken Wisenhunt quarterback. It's insane. We'll see if it works. It's ridiculous. We'll see. Play like, use a little bit of creativity. That was what was interesting last year was... What are they doing? Well, everyone w- kind of worried what and scratched fire. their heads about the uh, about the pick by Minnesota to take Teddy Bridgewater with North Turner there as the offensive coordinator because he had never worked with quarterbacks like that. Uh, and credit to North Turner, they kind of changed things up and did some different things and uh, you know and phased some of those college-type principles into their offense last year. Now, whether they keep doing it, you know, that'll be... We'll see what happens. But uh, it doesn't look like Tennessee's going to do that. So What a... What a, what a joke. <laughs> so the Eagles, they tried to move up. They inquired with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sure. They, they went to number one, tried to get to number one right. after they couldn't get a deal worked out with Tennessee. So once that didn't happen there at the top, you realize the Eagles were going to stay within that 20th range. The Eagles are coming up on their pick. A couple of picks before them go. Eric Armstead went 17th to the Niners. Bo had said the whole time, that's a perfect fit. Yeah, perfect fit. And, and yeah, two, two, of my, two of my three fits worked out. Kansas City Chiefs took Marcus Peters. There's some off the field concerns, obviously, but very much a first round talent. That was that was getting hot last late last week was Kansas City, Marcus Peters, and then 19, Wait, maybe all three of the fits ended up happening because because Gordon Gordon Chargers, Chargers yeah. yeah, and Wayne's to the to oh, the did you yeah. Gordon yeah. 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 Those, those were all three. Oh, there you go. Look at you. And Boom. Then, and then number nineteen, the Browns took Cam Irving, the interior alignment out of Florida State. So obviously Aguilar was there on the board there were some rumblings that Aguilar could have gone to the Browns at 19 yeah there was some concern that he could have gone as high as 16 to the Texans to the Texans right yep so there at number 20 you have Aguilar who you knew the Eagles were interested in some of the other players available Bud Dupree was on the board they said Brashad Perryman if you're not sure which receiver yep. they were going to go with Byron Jones sure. heavily linked to the Eagles throughout the pre-draft process with there you know Shane Ray was there even though I don't think it's fit uh Cedric Abouye was there right. if you're looking for offensive linemen Jake Fisher who I kept thinking would be a possible fit there but they go with Aguilar Fran from a scouting standpoint what do you see from Aguilar how do you think he's going to fit into this Eagles offense well the the biggest thing that you're going to see is you have a guy who can win vertically who can get downfield and make plays which is obviously a big part of the Eagles offense but then also what his, his best trait is his ability with the the ball in his hands uh, he's a great yard yards after catch guy. Uh, he was used that way at USC. I would imagine he'll be used that way, you know, here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that uh, whether it's in the screen game, whether it's in, you know on the shallow crossing routes, all the different ways that the Eagles find ways to get the ball in their playmakers' hands, he's going to flourish in that kind of a role because that's what that's what he's best at. He's like Matthews, Jordan Matthews, in the fact that um, he is used to having played different positions uh, at wide receiver. He's reliable and that he's going to be in the right place at the right time. And I think that's what Chip Kelly wants in this offense. He wants, if he schemes it correctly, he wants the guys to be in the right place so that they can take advantage of the space. And then once they get the ball, take advantage of the space with the ball in their hands. And that's what Aguilar can do. Yeah, I mean, you, you could go back. Now, think back to last year. Think of uh, the, the big catch that Darren Sproles had against the Colts where the, early in the game where he ran that Texas route over the middle and beat the linebacker. 
Aguilar did that numerous times at USC. Ran, lined up in the backfield next to the quarterback and ran a, a Texas route against the linebacker and was able to win. Uh, he lined up, think of all the deep post routes from Jeremy Macklin, lined up far out wide. Did all that. Did you know, all the shallow crossing routes lined up in the slot. He did all that. He was lined up all over the field, all over the formation for USC and was able to win in a number of different ways. And interesting to hear Chip Kelly say that in the comparison between Aguilar and Macklin, he said that Macklin is, is probably a better deep threat right now, more explosive vertically, but Aguilar is a little bit more versatile in what he can do uh, than, than Jeremy Macklin might be. So that's, that's his scouting report on it. Yeah. It also brings a return value. Absolutely. As well. Great punt returner. Great punt Which returner. is so interesting. That was always an interesting thing about Macklin because he was such mm-hmm. a great returner in, in college, college and then just never really did it in the NFL. But And an extremely impressive young man from a character standpoint. Oh, yeah. No question. Off the charts. And they all are, and that's no surprise. Yeah, definitely something that you knew Chip Kelly and Ed Manwich were going to go for. So in the second round, we're looking here at the 47th pick. The Eagles moved up. They traded away both their fifth-round picks to take this spot. So some of the players who were... One of the players who was linked to the Eagles was already gone by this point, Donovan Smith, the offensive tackle of Penn State, if that's someone who's going to be on their radar. But at this point, you still had Mitch Morse, who went just a couple picks later to the Chiefs, who I, I did not expect to go that high in the second round. Jake Fisher was still on the board, as I'm just looking down here. You know, Denzel Perryman, if you wanted more depth at the inside linebacker, went a couple picks later. But it seemed like the Eric Rowe was their target. He was the guy that they wanted to get here. Yeah, we, it, there were rumblings a few picks earlier that the Eagles were trying to move up, I think, with the Vikings, right? Yes. And once we heard that in the studio, we were like, it's got to be Rowe. Gotta be Rowe. It has to be Rowe because he's, you know, going into day two, I, made, I had like a list <laughs> of, uh, there were like eight guys who I thought the Eagles would consider in, in the two rounds combined. And Hicks was on there too. And this was just off the list of guys they had in. But Rowe was, was clearly the top guy, even ahead of Fisher. Uh, I, and it, once they made that move, I, it was it made a lot of sense. I thought it was great. I, I mean, if you had told me that the Eagles were coming out of the draft with Eric Rowe in round one and Aguilar in round two, that would be great. Also, you could you could easily make that case. I'm I'm over the moon about Rowe. No question. I, I mean, we've talked about him and just the way that he'll fit into this defense. I mean, whether it's a corner, whether some people you know think he could be a safety. Uh, you know, he's a great player. I'm excited to see him play. Well, how about as a corner? Because it seemed like Chip was indicating that's where he'll start his career at. Yeah, I mean, he and that's what he played as a senior at Utah. I mean, he's got uh, great length. He's got the physical demeanor to come up and play against the run. Uh, he's got the long speed. You saw his athletic traits uh, at the combine, which I think surprised some people because people didn't really see that coming. Not just uh, high athletic traits for a safety, but he was in the top five in a number of different spots for the cornerback position. So, uh, you know, it, it, I'm excited to see what he brings to this offense. I'm, I'm or to this defense. I'm, ex- a, uh, I'm pretty surprised that he lasted as long as he did. Over under um, <laughs> week four and a half for Eric Rose starting at cornerback. I think under. I, I think he's. I'm going to project right now. He'll beat the guy opposite Maxwell. Okay, week one. I, I, uh, I probably agree. I think he's. The, I think he's the left corner. I think he's at left corner, and Byron Maxwell stays at right corner. Here's this is what's interesting. Okay, Bill Davis the last two years has kept his corners on the same side. Does he change that this year? Well, because it's interesting because Rowe did that. He he stayed at left corner, and so which in Maxwell. college you often don't see. You see them yeah. switching sides because of the boundaries. He yes. just stayed at left corner. So you know he's used to that. I, I guess. That's gonna be interesting, and especially with you know you look at the players that, that they're gonna have to go up against early. Some of these top notch receivers, you know, right off the bat, Julio Jones in week one. I mean, that's the thing. I mean. This this schedule is not a, a super difficult schedule, but I mean, no surprise that it's packed full of receivers because the NFL is packed full of yes. receivers. But Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, Larry week Fitzgerald, two, it's Des Bryant, Odell Beckham twice, Deshaun Jackson twice. 
you know, Mike Evans. It's, it's no wonder the Eagles took three def- th- uh, right. three defensive backs. Sure, but you're gonna, are you going to pay all this money to Byron Maxwell and then be like, all right, well, we'll just move Julio Jones to the other side away from him. Right. We'll see. So that's going to be something interesting to watch yeah. in the OTA. So in the third round, the Eagles took inside linebacker Jordan Hicks. Fran, we got to give it Love up to him. you. This is one of Fran's guys. Yep. Yes. If you watched our Eagles Draft Central preview show, that's right. Fran Duffy's mid-round target to watch for the Eagles was none other than Jordan Hicks. And a lot of the things I said were things that Chip Kelly said in the press conference. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I was I was. I very, thought it was going to be Amos. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was going to hit the double because I said Roe early. Right. I said I said Roe and Amos, but no, I, I'm glad I mean, it wasn't. I'm, I'm really excited about Jordan Hicks. I mean, I think that uh, obviously you may not see him start you know, early on in his career, but uh, I think down the road, you know, a couple, two, three years, he's going to be a starter. He's going to be an every-down player. Uh, he's got the athleticism to play in space. He's got the physicality to play in the box. Uh, good run defender, really good coverage player. Um, I really, I really like Jordan Hicks. Obviously, the injuries played a part in why he fell, but he's got good size. He's got good athleticism, like I talked about. Uh, high character guy. Another one of these. I mean, all three of these guys that we got to meet over the weekend were eight plus guys. I mean, Roe, uh, Aguilar, and Kendricks were all, or uh, and uh, Hicks were all you know, very high character guys. Who who else went around uh, that? So pick? That's, so pretty much everyone's talking about how the Eagles did not get an offensive lineman. They and that's because they just got plucked. plucked this plucked is the, at the where the run was because I already had mentioned. Mitch Morse, Jake Fisher was off the board. Ali Marpet went in the second round. Jeremiah Putasi went early third round. Uh, as I'm going down the list here, I'm just looking at some other positions. You know, Glowinski went right. He went in the fourth. Fourth right. round. He was okay. still on, he, he was, was still, still on the boards. Okay. Uh, no, Putasi is a, is a guy they had in for a visit. I think if he was there, that that might have been a conversation. Yes, but some of the other players, you know, Quentin Rollins, even though they got Rowe, uh, O.A.D. Zua, one of France yeah, yeah, players' entire draft. Tough. Uh, that, was gonna a be tough, friend. that was a dagger. You know, Eli Harold, Lorenzo Malden, if you want, the edge rushers there at that spot. Those guys were off the board. So, you know, it's not a surprise when Chip Kelly said that this was the best player. It looks like this was the best player for them right yeah, there. No the question. Round. Is there a part of you that, that is excited to be able to just see a lot twice a year? I, no question. I mean, you know, that, that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, and, you know, it's also funny, too, is la- last week we did our uh, – would you rather, or was it? Would yeah. you rather? We had to pick three. Who would we rather not see was, on the Dallas it was a Cowboys? Would you rather? It was a would you rather. Yeah, yeah, it was a would you rather, and who would you rather not see? We said Melvin Gordon, Byron Jones, and Randy Gregory Credit on the to Cowboys. Me for putting that together. Yeah, that was very well done. And they ended up with two of the three, yeah. and yeah. they were the guys that we said we didn't want to see. Yeah, we all said Melvin. Gordon. We all said yeah. Melvin Gordon. So then the Eagles. But I also I think I said that Randy Gregory I'd be okay with because just sure the bus factor, no yeah. question, because of the bus factor there. Uh, fourth round, Eagles had their pick, but they traded away to the Detroit Lions for a third-round pick next season. So some good forward thinking. The only thing is, with no fifth-round picks because of the trade to get Eric Rowe, the Eagles were sitting there on day three up until the sixth round, and then they got the number 191, and they took to Corey Shepard, who we talked about briefly here early in the program. Some people think he could be the steal of the draft because of the fact that he was slowed down by the injury in the pre-draft process. You know, it's obvious the Eagles wanted to improve the secondary, uh, but by and large, though, that was a target that they had, and hopefully they have some good value there. Well, yeah. what, what's ironic, too, is that uh, when they made the trade for the, the trade, the fourth round pick for the future third, which is great, I think you do that pretty much whenever you can. I mean, and especially compounded by them not having a second no after question. the yes. trade. Absolutely. But uh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is the pick they got from the Bills last year. So I'm like, okay, well, where did that pick come from? And it came from Bryce Brown. 
And we got Bryce Brown in the seventh round a few years ago, and we got that from a seventh-round pick that we acquired in exchange for Asante Samuel. So Asante Samuel essentially turned into a third-round pick in 2016. It's still it's the never-ending trade. That's right. That is He's all that thickness. Yeah. How do you think the conversion from wide receiver to corner has helped him? Has he helped uh, Ja'Cory Shepard? Ja'Cory Shepard, yes. Because he, he was a wide receiver as a freshman, made the transition to the defensive backfield, and you know, it's been there ever since. Yeah, I mean, the things you always hear from a lot of those guys are, you know, uh, you know, Richard Sherman talked about it, is just the ability to see route concepts. You know all these different combinations that the receivers are going to run, that offenses are going to throw at you. Uh, obviously, the ball skills play a part. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think there are a lot of those different things from a mental aspect uh, that help to ease that transition. And then five picks later, they stayed in Kansas and went with Randall Evans out of Kansas State, who has an interesting backstory where he's dating the sister of NBA star Michael Beasley, the former number two overall pick in the NBA draft. Evans wasn't getting much love in the recruiting process, so Beasley uh, put in a few feelers at Kansas State. Evans got there as a walk-on and ends up playing 40-some games during his career there in Manhattan. Are they still dating? Yes, they are still together. Wow. How about that? Love and basketball. That's right. That's good. Uh, yeah. You know, Randall Evans was, was uh, as you said before the draft, or before we, we filmed this, friend, the very last player next on your list who you didn't get to watch. So he was number 302. You ended up watching 301. That's right. Uh, but then you did go back and watch him. I did. And, you know, you, a big physical guy. We, we knew that the Eagles had brought him in, and we, they were, that was reported in the, in the pre-draft process. But uh, a big physical guy had lined up in the slot, mostly for Kansas State. Uh, really good tackler. Shows the ability to turn and run with receivers. Uh, so look, I mean, as, in, the, in the sixth round, to get a guy who's at that size—I mean, near six foot—and have the versatility to play inside or out, it's a good pick. And and some people have uh, theorized that he could be a potential safety conversion. Uh, and the Eagles have now have like four guys on this roster who are sort of tweeners. We don't know whether they'll they'll work at corner or safety. Jalen Watkins, EJ Biggers, Nolan Carroll. Uh, so that's going to be interesting just to see how things shake out this summer. Where guys are lining up. You know what? I just thought about this. You know the other team that that's always the case with, and that's New England. The Patriots, yeah, always. It's they have you know they have a, a DB room where it's they have four or five, six guys that could play corner or safety or inside. It's live. I'm trying to think of the guys who made the conversion for them. I mean, look at Devin so McCourty, no question. Right. Kyle Arrington, guys have gone back and forth. Yep. So and you look at Malcolm Jenkins for the Eagles. He was a corner who converted right. to safety. So, yep. um, but it's interesting also that the Eagles have listed these guys as DBs. Right. So they're not even putting position, not putting labels on them from the jump. So they're just going to let them go on the field and sort it all out. Sure. Last but not least here in the NFL draft for the Eagles at number 237 Certainly overall, not least at that size. 6'9", 302 pounds, Brian Mahalik, a mammoth of a man at defensive end, played in the 4-3 for Boston College. Uh, but he played all along the line. He played the nose. He played tackle. He played at the end spots. Uh, just... It's interesting because I remember at the top of the draft, we always talked about if Eric Armstead was available at number 20. That would be a tempting proposition there for the Eagles just because of that you don't teach size. It seems like they have that here. And if you go through the athleticism rankings, the spark rankings, he was the number two rated spark defensive lineman in the entire draft. Yeah, I mean, it shows on film. I mean, the guy moves really, really well for a guy that size. So. Uh, seventh or you know in the seventh round, it's an intriguing pick. Yeah, size, speed, athleticism—the the things Chip Kelly talked about. You sort of saw that with all the picks: uh, Rowe, Hicks, Mahalik. Those guys all have high spark scores mm -hmm. for their positions. So uh, it's an a thing to keep an eye on, I guess, moving forward for the Eagles. So the Eagles also had 16 rookie free agents. Any of them stand out? I know a lot of people are focused on the offensive line in particular because of the fact the Eagles didn't draft 
any offensive linemen this year. Uh, who are some of the players who stood out to you among the undrafted class? Uh, well, obviously the offensive linemen are the ones who we're going to sort of take a look at. Uh, Cole Manhart is a player uh, from Division Two Nebraska Kearney, I think, uh, that the Eagles looked at closely in the pre-draft process. He could be a, a potential guy. That, those guys are all going to compete at guard, I think. Uh, Brett Boyko, who was supposed to be at the Shrine game, uh, pulled out for an injury, four-year starter, I think. Uh, he's going to be in the mix, obviously. Um the tight ends, there's going to be a possibility, I think, for a guy to make an impact as the, if the Eagles decide to carry a fourth tight end instead of a fourth running back. Eric Tomlinson is the huge guy from, from Utah. Big guys. Big guys. Um, and then uh, Travis Rossidi, who, was, who sure. was at the Shrine game, who we saw, he's, he's a, a little talented Eagles. I think maybe considered him in the seventh round. He's going to play defensive tackle, which means he's going to bulk up a little bit, I yep. guess. Um, is there anybody I'm missing? Oh, you know what? Who I'm interested in the 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 return man from Purdue, who is supposed to be just super fast. Mostert. Uh, yeah, the the running back. Uh, he could be interesting. He'll be one to watch in the preseason to see if he can do something. Yeah. No question. I, you know, Boyko is the guy that I watched getting ready for the Shrine game. Obviously, ended up not going down there, but uh, you know, played left tackle. They moved him inside to guard later on in the season. He has the shortest arms of any of those tackle guard prospects that were at the combine this year. I think there was 32 inches. So. He's going to be a guard at the next level, more off, you know, more like more than likely. Um, but one of those like jack of all, master of none type players. But I, I liked him on tape. I thought he moved better than than he tested. He didn't test overly well, if I remember right. But uh, I thought he's he's one of those guys that it doesn't always look pretty, and that's maybe that's why he didn't get drafted. He doesn't look pretty, but he got the job done. He was an effective player for them. And Devonte Davis is an interesting sure. player, yep. super productive at UNLV. But I just think wide receiver is going to be a hard a hard place to to no work your way onto the roster. And a couple other names there. Rashid Bailey, a local prospect yeah. out of Delaware Valley. John Harris out of Texas, yep. also very, very productive at the college level. So, Who are the other two uh, linemen? Mike Kosha. Okay, yeah, from, from New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, more of a center. And then the other one is escaping me, so the other one yeah. I'm not, not sure. Apologies so. to, to unnamed uh, offensive lineman number four. Yeah. So transition to the rest of the NFC East. We touched briefly on the Giants. They got Diggy Zua there in the third round. They went with Eric Flowers. Who, if you listen to our Journey to Draft mock draft beat writer, I think podcast, we had six hits. Is that right? Were there six hits? Good. I think so. Yeah. 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 Most of them, of course, at the top of the draft, but so, nonetheless, right. still. But Jordan, Jordan was all over that one. Yes, he was the one who went with Eric Flowers for the Giants there, at number nine, and they got Landon Collins in the second round. So you look at those first three picks, guys who look like who could be instant contributors. That giant team looking to turn things around. Best best tweet of draft weekend was Landon Collins tweeting, "I am a giant baby." (laughs) 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 He didn't have the comma, so he's he's a giant baby. I look forward to I look forward to bringing that up. That was repeated countless times. However many years, countless times. I am a giant baby. (laughs) Malcolm Bunch from UCLA. Uh, Yes, yes. we talked about on the podcast. Tony Pauline, yes, said he was doing very good in the uh, pre-draft workouts. Transferred from Florida, Miami, Miami, same thing. Uh, Anyway, Giants. Listen, uh, makes sense that offensive line has always been an issue. They need to sort of protect Eli Manning while he ducks and chucks, uh, which is what he always does. Uh, and Landon Collins, uh, I got to say that I'm not super scared about it. You know, they need a safety. They had they no had safety in the roster. Yes. So it made sense that they traded up to get him. But uh, I'm not really like quaking in my boots like I am about Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, they're going to find ways to attack him in coverage. And that's what every team will try and find ways to do that. I'll be interested to see how they use him. Uh, once they get him on the field. But um, Flowers makes a lot of sense because 
some people see him as a guard. Some people see him, see him as a tackle. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, and he's a high-character guy. He loves football. He loves working and trying to get better, and that, that's not the issue at all, but he needs a lot of work. So, uh, you know, and from – after I watched him, I asked a bunch of people that I know that are coaches, hey, you know, if, if, and I should kind of show them some Greg Cosell? Well, no, I just, I asked. I was like, look, I said, uh, if he does this wrong and he does this wrong, like how long does that take to fix? And a lot of them were like, look, in a week of practice, I, you know, if I work with him for a week, I might be able to fix it. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, Flowers has got a ton of ability. You look at the Dallas Cowboys, the defending NFC East champions. I remember being in Chicago watching the NFL Network feed from the Dallas Cowboys War Room, and they were celebrating when they were on the clock, and you're just thinking, who was still on the board that would make them celebrate? And it was getting Byron Jones, the cornerback out of Connecticut. So they went with him, and then they got Randy Gregory, who has the talent, should have been a top-10 pick from a talent standpoint, but off-the-field concerns pushed him into the second round. So a little bit of rolling the dice there. Not a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to say how much I dislike those guys now that they're Cowboys, but I actually think that Dallas is like the best landing spot for Randy Gregory because they will commit the resources like they have with Des Bryant to sort of, uh, you know, have a team with him off the field. That's a good point. Um, so you know, and if he hits, that's a, I mean that that's something they need is a dynamic pass rusher. So I think that pick makes a lot of sense for him. Um, and it's not like you know, it's not like he's a He's not Frank Clark. He's, you know, yeah. Uh, his issues off the field are not uh, the worst things in the world, is my, in my estimation. Um, the reported issues are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Byron Jones makes a lot of sense for them. They're, you know, their secondary has been a uh, tire fire in the past. So uh, that's, that's a player who makes sense for them. It's the second mention of a tire fire. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> shouldn't have used it again. It's a little that's all right. repetitive. And then Washington going with the offensive lineman at number five. They passed on Leonard Williams going Brandon Scherf. And then in the second round game, Preston Smith adding another edge rusher to the uh, defense. What are you laughing Do at? you remember my reaction after the Redskins drafted Preston Smith? You mean Washington? Yeah, after yeah. Washington yes. selected Preston Smith. Uh, we were, I was in the studio with Bo, and I after they made the pick, I, I, I like Preston Smith a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, I punched at the air and said, I hate that they have good management right now yeah. because uh, Preston Smith's <laughs> a great pick, good, and I love Brandon Scherf. I mean, that, that, those are two really good picks. Uh, and I, th- I like Matt Jones, and they took in the third round too as a as a downhill running back. So it's good. That's, yeah. I thought they had a good draft. They pair Smith with I Kerrigan. Scherf, We had talked before the draft. Some people were surprised he went at five. Uh, Fran and I had had said uh, he would have made a lot of sense for Washington because their offensive line is terrible. Also, yeah. they've disaster. got w- they've got one starting caliber player on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, it's a disaster. Um, we thought they might move back a couple spots uh, and get Scherf, but it makes a lot of sense. And then, and then Preston, Preston Smith, they need pass rushers too. Yeah. So. So there's a look around the NFC East. So now, now that we've gone through the draft process, it's time to look back. Uh, months of reflection, months of would you rather's and a lot of games, lots of games on the clocks. All right, friend, abound. How do we do, Bo? Friend, friend's the one. Friend, oh, I did Fran it. compiled. Fran compiled. I compiled. Uh, so <laughs> this took about an hour and a half yesterday. But that's uh, it. I got through. Yeah, you know, because I kept, I tried to keep track as the as it was going on. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha, it gotcha. saved me time on the back All end. Right. Um, with in third place, and this was this was, I'm sorry, but third place with 34 out of a possible 98 points. <laughs> Jesus. Robert Wolf. 
Is that is that total points or is total, that points that, per uh, points per game? Thirty four out of a po- total possible ninety eight points. Okay. So of all the you know now we scored explain things. Your, explain your scoring system. The, okay, so over, all the over unders were one point each. Uh, all the would you rather or we didn't do would you rather's. Uh, all the who will be's were uh, three points. So you know who will be the first person. If you got it exactly right. If you got it exactly right, that was three points. Um, all the third is the word were three points each. So if you got that correctly, that was that was three points. Uh, order in the court, we did a little bit differently. We, I'm not going to get too intricately into how we exactly scored that, but uh, sounds a little shady. Well, yeah. you helped me with the scoring, so don't don't throw yeah, the but I was I didn't I didn't oversee. I didn't <laughs> I've got oversee all the, your points. I've got all the results here, but um, it was three points for the best one uh, three point per point, second, something like that exactly. So uh, the and then the round of the fury. Uh, we're also one point each. So, um, your biggest issue, Bo, was that you only went six for fourteen on the over unders, and that mm. set you back. But uh, that put you in third place. Um, we'll just go right to first place with the first place winner with sixty out of a possible one hundred and eight points. Fran Duffy. How many points yeah. did C-Mac have? C-Mac, Excellent. You made it very, very close. C-Mac, I was, I was sweating a little bit as I was tallying it up because C-Mac. Started nine of nine on his over unders. Wow, it was just on fire the first couple weeks. Now, it was late addition to the show because we were down at the Senior Bowl yep, Shrine right. game. So uh, before the combine, he jumped in, started nine of nine on his over unders. Your big thing. This was the kill shot for you. Last week when we did our our last uh, our final preview show, we did uh, who will bees, and you went over on the who will really? bees, and I went and I got six of nine, and wow. that put me over. You had a total of. Uh, 45 points, and I had a total of 60. But with the the percentage points, because that's how we did it, we did it by percentage right. of okay. possible points. You would have won if uh, if you had gotten just one of those <laughs> questions correctly. Really? And I and, and if I had gotten one of mine wrong, so if I if there was a one point swing or a one question it was that swing, close? Wow. In, either way, uh, that would have gone. What so, were some, so what were, what were yeah? What were some of those? What you, were some of the best calls? All right, some of the best calls. Uh, we talked about the, the the Cowboys one earlier. Um, but let's see here. Uh, like I said, C-Mac was just on fire with his, uh, with the over-unders. Let's, he started, uh, over-under on Oregon players drafted. Bo, you took the over on that. Both C-Mac and I took the under, uh, we, the over-under was set at one and a half. Uh, you, like I said, Bo, you really, you really (laughs) struggled. Um, the first, I was trying to make it, you know, I was trying trying to be different. That was the thing. Uh, the ones that we hit on, Bo, you and I both said Eric Rowe will be the first cornerback at the Senior Bowl drafted. We said that back at the Senior Bowl. Nice. Uh, so we got that correct. Uh, we correct, uh, correctly predicted the Phil Dorsett running the fastest 40 at the Senior Bowl. Uh, let's see here. There's so many players. The, the one, one of the big ones for me was uh, Frank Clark was the surprise in the top 64. That was a good one. Yeah, and I said at DJ Smith. was yeah, DJ Smith. The first pick. Ridiculous. Yeah, you just missed uh. it. So that was that was a tough one for you. Uh, the order in the courts were. were tough. I just I mean, had was, more faith in the in the NFL that they wouldn't take Frank Clark in the second round, but I guess I guess you didn't have such faith. No, I thought he had more talent than that. So uh, let's see the other big ones. Uh, anybody were, I mean, any, were, anybody hit an uh, an order in the court like uh, spot on more than a three more than a three uh, person one. Um, I hit. I hit the tight end one. So you did a seven-person yeah. tight end one oh last week. He didn't yeah. hit it exactly, but I didn't hit it exactly. But I was oh. one part. I was one player off, so I got a, a good amount of points for that. Um, let's see the order in the court. 
the linebackers, I you got completely wrong. Uh, no, I was couple, close. No, not for this one. There was one a couple weeks ago uh, with uh, Rameek Wilson, uh, Taiwan Jones, and Mike Hall. Yeah, uh, well, actually, that's not even – that's a tough one anyway because two of those guys went undrafted. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a tight race. Yeah. C-Mac made it close. A lot closer than I thought it was going to be. So, I, I, I just want to go through the last show to be like, what were some of those ones I completely whiffed on? The ones you completely whiffed on, okay? The, uh, who will be the second offensive lineman drafted? I called it as Eric Flowers. Uh, you called Lyle Collins, <laughs> uh, and then you went Brad, Brad, Bo. You went Brandon Scherf, who went the first overall. Yeah. Obviously, we'd waited to film that a day later. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who will surprise in the top sixty-four? We talked about you yeah, went with Garrett, you went with Garrett Grayson. Oh, you go with Grayson. You okay. went with Garrett Grayson. Okay. Uh, who went in the third round, and then all three of us got the who will be the last player in the green room. Uh, we, you and I went with Devin Smith. Uh, you went with Benardrick McKinney. Who was it? Uh, it was actually Randy Gregory. Oh. Uh, Nobody um, lasted to the third round. Interesting. Nobody lasted yeah. to the third round. Thanks to Daniel Jeremiah for the hot tip about Wes Saxton, huh? Yeah, how about that yeah. one? Being a second-round pick. Goes undrafted. Uh, the third is the word I gained a lot of points on. The original third is the word I gained a lot of points on. Uh, who was the third wide receiver drafted? I correctly said Devontae Parker. Wow. Uh, who was the third player drafted overall? But, I but said, that's, see, that's you still in your soul because you, you don't like Devontae Parker. Well, I knew that I, you, I the, question, the, the, question, the question was who's going to be the receiver drafted. You, you know, I hope you can sleep at night. I, I'm going to sleep well with this victory. Uh, third Oregon player drafted. We all got chased. So, you know, there were, there were a lot that we all got correct. But in the end, the best of the, uh, the cream rose to the top. All right. Well, there is one yeah. more game, Fran. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up in this one. So After the Shrine game. The sickness continues. For the second, for the, the, the sickness <laughs> continues for the second consecutive year. Fran and I ranked all 98 non-specialists at the Shrine game in order of likelihood that they would get drafted. And this had to be an ugly list this year. And boy, was this ugly. <laughs> Last year, we did, we did fairly well. This year, not so much. Uh, in my top 10, two players were drafted. My wow. number five, Trey McBride, and my number eight, John Miller. Who were your top four? Tony Washington. I can't believe number he didn't one. Get drafted. I, he is. I'm very surprised he didn't get yep. drafted. Taiwan Jones is number two. I'm not as surprised he didn't sure. get drafted after we rewatched him. Yep. My number three was Sean Hickey, the offensive lineman from Syracuse. Very surprised he didn't get drafted. My number six and seven, I went with my heart. Xavier Williams, the Northern Iowa defensive tackle, and B.J. Finney, the Kansas State center. Both did not get drafted. My nine was Michigan wide receiver Devin Gardner who I think will make the Patriots. That's my call. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, at least with the practice squad, then he'll, get, then he'll, he'll eventually get on. And then I, I, I had a bad pick with number 10. I went Deion Long from, from Maryland. Should have known better. Fran, your uh, top 10, you had five players drafted. Oh, okay. I did a lot better than I thought. You did. You had uh, Hickey and, and Darian Miller won two. Okay. Darius Kilgo got drafted. Josh Shaw got drafted. Uh, yeah, you had Shaw, Shaw low, didn't you? I did have Shaw low. Okay. Uh, then you went Finney, Tony Washington, Taiwan Jones, and then your eight was DeAndre's Mount, the pass rusher boy. from Louisville. He went in like the fourth or fifth round. He went in the sixth round. All right, never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, Damian Swan, the Georgia cornerback, <laughs> at number nine, and then Trey McBride at number ten. So of the ninety-eight players at the Shrine game, thirty-six were drafted. Okay. Now you do this in con in terms of confidence points, right? So we get a certain amount of points, or is it just straight across? No, it's yeah the points. Okay, yeah, so we the, get the, the points. points of this you had for the sixty for the thirty six players drafted. The first Shrine game player drafted. Do you know who it was? There was a second round pick. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm gonna have to say it was. It was a surprise. 
Uh, was it Jamon Brown? No, with the last he went pick. He third round. He was with third the last round, pick right? of the second round, the New England Patriots took oh, Stanford safety Jordan My Richards. Guy, Jordan, Jordan Richards. Okay. Uh, who we, you know, Fran had 28 points. I had 32 points. So, anyway. Minimal jump. Uh, there were a few third round picks. The first third round pick is a player who still boggles my mind that he was even <laughs> drafted. And that's Jamon Brown. Jamon Brown. Who was the worst player at the Shrine game, non Zach Center <laughs> category. Fran had him as an 84. I had him as a 92 out of 98. <laughs> Then John Miller and Craig Mager uh, were picked. Anyway, as we get to the totals. Fran, 1,476 points. Okay, 1476, okay. Bo, 1,458 points. Oh, I got it. No, that means I win. Oh, you won. That means I win, you idiot. Snuck it out. That means that, you know, listen. It was tight. One of us has a better eye for talent than the other. <laughs> and that's, that's what I... If you're talking about pure, raw eye for talent... <laughs> it's, clear that, it's clear that you have the advantage. It's there. clear that I have the advantage. The biggest difference makers, there were a few guys. Uh, Craig Mager, I had a 50-point advantage on you. I had a 16, mm. you had a 66. And I, you know, and I went back and watched him more, and I, would, I should have had him higher. Yeah, you should have. I should have had him uh, Josh higher. Shaw, you got 33 points on. Yeah. Jake Ryan, I got 44 points on. Uh, I mean, that's the difference. One guy. Yeah. Yep. One 51, guy makes I, I, No question. Uh, you got 51 points on Tyler Davison. I got 35 on Keith Mumphrey. Yeah. 39 on Darren Waller. How is Keith, Keith Mumphrey drafted? <laughs> you, got 40, you got 49 on Anthony Ciccolo and 50 on Bryce Hager. And then I got 40 on Deron Brown. Those wow. Were, those were the big, uh, the big guys. But listen, when it comes down to it, you know, maybe, maybe you can predict how the draft is going to go better. I just have better raw talent evaluation nailed it nailed it so congrats boom it's gonna be getting a call that's, from mike that's, tannenbaum that's, that's two straight shrine game victories for your boy <laughs> what are you guys gonna do now gotta go whole rest of the year that's two straight years where i think we both had guys like in our bottom 10 get drafted last year it was laurent duvernet tardif <laughs> He was in your bottom ten. The yeah. buzz, the buzz didn't start on him until. Uh, yeah. later. Gotcha, gotcha, Jamon gotcha. Brown. I, I figured he would be like your top ten guy. I can't believe Javon Brown got drafted. Jeez. Well, I've already started watching on 2016. To answer your question. Oh, I'm sure another you have. Canadian guy got drafted this year. Edmund Robinson. I had him as yeah. a 94. Oh, did Robinson get drafted? Yeah, <laughs> seventh round. I had him as a 94. Jeez. So you already have your 2016 big board? Uh, I, I'm not. I didn't say that. I didn't do the big board or a uh, or a mock draft. You didn't, do, you didn't do a top 100. After, no, that didn't get released yet. Um, I you know who watch... I feel good about? I feel good about Blake Bell. Oh yeah, going to San Francisco. Niners. Who's right? a fourth round pick? I feel good about. I feel good about that. You're still. You're just gonna. You're gonna post that up on your uh, on the on your wall in the cubicle. This is going on my resume for sure. Oh yeah, he's got the fat head above his bed. Ready to go. I watched uh, Hackenberg and Bo's boy, uh, Twelve Gauge, Cardell Jones. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I, I watched Hose? both guys. Both have very good arms. No question about that. Uh, Cardale's got a better host. We, we've transitioned to journey to the next draft. <laughs> presented uh, by Triple A. Listen, the, the, you know, you, you, you end one journey, you start, a new, never, start a new one. It never ends. One window closes and another one opens. <laughs> well, Who would you like better? Uh, I like Hackenberg a little bit more, but I think that... Yeah, because you're of the Cosell camp. Well, well I'll just... <laughs> Cardell Jones has a clear crazy tools. If you say so, Greg. He's, I mean, he's 6'5", 250 pounds, and he runs like that. I mean, he's got, it's, he's, it's got NFL, he's got NFL pocket passer tools. But, he, but Cardell Jones has no sense of how to play in the pocket. Well. Yet. 
I mean, he played. He started yeah. three games. Yeah. So he's got he's got maybe two three more high years. pressure games. Three, he's got three. He's got two, maybe uh, three more years to to prove it. So we'll see. And on that note, it's a swan song. That's it. Ron Swanson, a swan song. The end of the Journey to Draft podcast presented oh, by Triple A. Is there anything else we can talk about? I don't want to leave. Is this the uh, is this BT's? Yes. Yes. Oh, this is Bo's. This is Bo's song. I don't have anything. I, I just want to keep talking with you guys. One window emotional. closes and another opens <laughs> as the Journey to the Draft podcast comes to an end. For Bo Wolf and Fran Duffy, I'm Chris McPherson. This has been the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by AAA. Xavier Williams, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>